This is the Faithful Christian Podcast, a podcast that hopes to encourage you in your walk and your love for our Lord Jesus Christ. During this time that it seems very unpopular to stand for the truth, we hope to be your go-to resource to encourage you to stand for what is true and right according to God's word. Let's go on this journey together. What up, guys? This is Christian, and welcome back to Faithful Christian. I have today with me my best friend, William Smith. What's up, William? Hey, what's up, Christian? I just Hi. realized that is the most perfect name for this podcast. What, what do you mean? Faithful Christian. It's you. Oh, <laughs> you know, I wasn't even, like, trying to make it me. My name just happens to be Christian, so it kind of worked out. I guess it is good branding. Yeah, it's excellent branding. I was a business, you know, communications major in college. So faithful you know. Christian brought to you by Christian. There, brought to you by, brought to you by, brought to you by, brought to you by. <laughs> so William and I met the freshman year of college. We were in the same dorm. We just hit it off. We've been friends ever since. We had like one rough patch for like one semester, but other than that, we were we were friends the entire time in college. Yeah, man. What was so, it? This is nine years, right? Yeah, going on yeah nine years this year, and we graduated five years ago today. Wait, wait, hold on. Did we really? Yeah, today's the day. Yeah, you're right. Yep, it won't be May tenth when you guys hear this, but I just thought I'd share that with you guys. So, man, we're getting old, man. Don't remind me. So many so. things to do. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to um, kind of tell them how we met, and yeah. William has been a good friend, and I'm appreciative of him doing this. So thanks, William. Yeah, no problem, man. I like getting right into it, so we're going to just start. We're going to talk about gentleness today. And gentleness is derived from the Greek word prautes, which is to submit one's strength in a posture of meekness or not being overly impressed by a sense of one's self-importance. Hmm. To be gentle is not to be weak. And one of my commentaries defines it as the right use of power and authority or power under control. What do you think about that definition? you have any other definitions? Anything you want to add? Anything you would take away? Oh, man, you pulled out some Greek on us. I, I just went to uh, just Google. I just Googled it. I didn't. <laughs> bloody. That's cool. But uh, the definition that I looked up, it said, um, having or showing a mild, kind, or tender temperament or character. So also it says moderate in action, effect, or degree, not harsh or severe. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with that definition. And All right. um, the meekness. So you were, you were talking about meekness. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think meekness means weakness. Yeah. And... Um, that is farthest from the truth. I'm sure, I don't know if I'm going too far ahead, but like no. people think gentleness, if you're gentle, if you're calm and you kind of just take the softer approach to things, then you're, you know, you're not hardcore. You, people aren't going to get the message. They're going to think you're being too soft, too easygoing. But yeah, yeah. it's actually the, the opposite effect. Gentleness has the opposite effect. If you do it with strength, then your gentleness can actually win people over and actually convince people and actually change people's hearts. Yeah, exactly. 
I think that's a great point. And it kind of like, that's kind of how, how I want to approach this whole conversation with that umbrella of, okay, being meek or being gentle is where you'll find true strength. Mm-hmm. One thing that I, you know, that I think of often when I think of gentleness is kind of our culture and how we don't equate gentleness with masculinity. They don't pair well together, you know, in mm-hmm. our modern day culture. But as, you know, we can do, as we Christians are called to produce, you know, the fruit of spirit, or we produce the fruit of spirit because of the spirit living in us. Mm-hmm. How can we make sense of men that are gentle and meek versus men that are just not? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, especially like in church, you find, or I find, a lot of dudes in church that tend to be stereotypically softer on the softer side. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, kind of backstory, you asked me to do the gentleness podcast was the most ironic, you know, <laughs> because I'm not very gentle. I'm like, you know, I'm not that gentle. I've become more gentle over the last year and some change, but for the last... I don't know, 15 years. I remember I don't, I've been kind of, you know, kind of coarse sometimes. Rough around the edges. Yes, rough around <laughs> the edges. I'll tell people the truth. And sometimes it comes across rough. So back to my church story. When I go to church or when I used to, I would see these dudes in the church and they're, you know, very nice and very welcoming and soft in quotes. And to me, it was annoying because it's like, why are these dudes so like soft all the time? Like, what is that? I didn't understand what that was. You know, I thought mm-hmm. like they're being weak and too, um, I don't know. It's just, just not, it didn't seem masculine to me at the time. Before I used to think it was weak, you know, they're super smiley, super, you know, soft. Mm-hmm. But Jesus he wasn't weak, obviously, but Jesus was a gentle dude. Mm-hmm. He was a gentle guy. Okay. So he even, he actually said it himself in the Bible that he's gentle. Yeah. So it, it, in Matthew eleven twenty nine, it says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. So yep. literally the creator of everything is saying, I'm gentle and y'all need to learn from me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think he's, I would say he's directing that to men. You know, you guys need to learn how to be gentle, learn how to be loving and still strong. So when it comes to culture, I feel like people, men now are slowly becoming more gentle. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of that might be because of just different political stuff and social justice warriors doing all this stuff. But I think now is a little bit easier to be more of a gentle, softer type of dude. Now, mm-hmm. that's just what I, that's just what I think. Like you, yeah. Like now, you can kind of express your emotions more. Uh, it's still kind of a, a you know like a thing where you can't be super, you know, open with your emotions as a guy. To, but it's becoming more relaxed. And I don't know, man. The I mean, Jesus told us to be gentle. He told us to learn from him and be gentle. And there's no need to be a harsh kind of just, you know, aggressive person all the time. 
because it's not effective. And yeah. I'll tell you some more stories about that, about uh, my career uh, later on. Okay, cool, cool. I think one of the points I want to drive home for this episode is following Christ will produce the strength, which is often shown through gentleness. Gentleness can often be a display of how we use our strength for the benefit of others. So in my study of the word gentleness and of, you know, the fruit of the spirit gentleness, I found that it's always or often for the benefit of someone else. It's not something that we do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's something that we do in service to our fellow man or, you know, the women or the children, the people in our lives, you know, mm-hmm. so it's nothing that we do for ourselves. Like I think there are certain fruit of the spirit that is for us. Like there is self-control. We do that for our own benefit, for our good. Gentleness, I look at that as a fruit of the spirit that is good for those around us because we are called to protect, you know, we're called to provide as men. And I think when it comes to the family dynamic, that some of the best fathers are gentle, yet they will go to town mm-hmm. when it comes to protecting their families. You know, they know how to yeah. be a father and to be gentle and to love and hug on their kids. Yet at the same time, they will not let someone cross that boundary of being, you know, aggressive towards their family. Yeah. So I think that's where I can make sense of the two. It's like, okay, yeah, we're called to be gentle. We're going to be gentle with even strangers. But when it comes to stepping up and fighting and defending the things that we're called to protect, then we have to step up and defend those things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like you're, you're gentle for as long as you can, you know, yeah. be as gentle for as long as you can be and be diplomatic and take the softer approach. Scripture Ephesians 4, 2, it says with all humility and gentleness, with patience showing tolerance for one another in love. Mm. So, I mean, there's all types of, you know, a plethora of scriptures about gentleness. Yeah. Proverbs 15, one, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So a soft answer, which is pretty much gentleness. So yeah, it's easier to say something in a gentler way than to just tell people off, you know, oh, I'm going to just tell you how I really feel. Yeah. I mean, you can tell people how you really feel and still be chill about it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like what you're saying about family, I feel like I'm not a dad or anything, but I feel like when it comes to kids, you have got to teach these kids, you know, how you want them to live, you know, and you have to do it in the right way, in the soft way. Because if you're like thrashing and yelling and, and, and just cursing your kids down all the time, it's not productive. Yeah. You have to ask yourself the universe, you know, the golden rule. How would you want to receive this information? How would you want to be treated in this situation? Do you want someone to just yell this at you? You want them to be like hardcore and just, just cut you? Or do you want to take it in a constructive way? And that's what I learned about gentleness. Gentleness, it makes things more constructive and it, it forces you to be practical because sometimes you're worried about hurting people's feelings. Mm-hmm. You want to get your message across, but you don't want to hurt their feelings. But like when it comes to your family and your wife and your husband, your kids and stuff like that, man, you have to like, you have to like gently teach these people because yeah. they're the people that are supposed to be your allies for the rest of your life, you know? So there's yep. no sense in being like this, this oppressive, just cutthroat type talker to these people. And it won't get you very far. 
yeah, it won't get you very far. And Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus was straight up, but he wasn't like, he wasn't cutthroat all the time. He was cutthroat with the Pharisees sometimes. But yeah, I must say he he had his moments where he was like, "Yo, this is unacceptable." But we'll talk about. Him. I think we have some good um examples we can talk about him yeah. down the line here. Another scripture that I've read that really encourages me to continue the path of meekness is Matthew five five. It says, "Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth." Mm. So we're told there that you know the meek are going to be the ones that inherit the earth. And that's something that, you know, is I think should be taken serious. They will be given the earth as their inheritance. Yeah. And that's basically ownership of it. And I think that's something to keep in mind that, you know, you don't have to be the one taking everything by force and like, this is mine. I got this because at the end of the day, that's not going to allow you to keep it. Yeah. You know, the best rulers and the best leaders I think of lead with humility. They lead with, you know, examples. They lead by example. And they're often the kindest people you'll meet, you know, and they're very, very much so people that you want to follow. They have gentle spirits. I just think about people I know in my life, the people I like the most who aren't even necessarily friends, just people I know. They're just gentle. Like they have this, this thing about them. It's just like, man, I don't know what it is, but you know, how they speak to everyone is respectful I've never seen certain people, certain of these people upset in public. Mm-hmm. They respond to the worst of situations with so much grace. And it's it's ridiculous. And I'm like, man, I want to be like that. Because it's just like, it's like, man, they can keep their cool under any circumstance, you know? Yeah. That's, I admire that, honestly. So. Yeah, that is great, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I sh- you know, I want to be like that, too. Cause I'm not like that right now. You you are like that. <laughs> well, I can be gentle, uh, and I've learned how to be more gentle recently. But uh, you're right. There are some people that you meet, like you know, after a church service or something, you'll meet yeah. the pastor at the front, and it's like you just sense that, you know, you just sense this the spirit of God on the person, and mm-hmm. then like that, like you said, like that calm kind of just gentleness that's just it just. You can feel it. It's weird. It's like oozes out of them. Yeah. It's like, man, what in the world is this? It's crazy. It is, man. Let's move on here. So I want to talk about examples of gentleness in scripture. Um, I have two here. Mm-hmm. And and you can add some as well. Or add on to mine if you like. Okay. So one example I have of gentleness is actually David. David was a psalmist, you know, and he was also a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And we don't think of shepherds as being, you know, I don't, at least I don't, I don't know if anyone else does. I don't think of shepherds or psalmists being as the most macho, tough men in the world. But as a shepherd, he also had the duty of protecting his flock, you know? Right. On top of that, he was a warrior. You know, he had to protect his flock from bears and tigers, I mean, not tigers, lions. And he killed those things, like with his slingshot. Yeah. So he wasn't afraid, you know, at the, at the very same time, he took care of them and he was very soft with his animals, but he did what he had to do to make sure they were safe. And then on top of that, when the Israelites were about to face the Philistines and, you know, they were going against Goliath, who was the only one that stood up? It was David, you know? Yeah. So we see this this kid who he's literally portrayed as a little scrawny kid in the Bible at that point, you know, stepping up to defeat a giant. Yeah, 
And I don't know, I just look at the life of David and he had his moments, you know, his sins and he seemed like he was bipolar at times or depressed at times, I should say, not bipolar. He just came across to me as a, a gentle soul. He was gentle in his friendship with Jonathan. You know, he and Jonathan had a very loving brotherhood that was very unique. Um, and that is exemplified in scripture as a strong friendship, you know? Like it wasn't anything like macho like fist bumping or, or chest bumping about their friendship it was very much the friendship of like just brotherly love mm-hmm. and um i just i don't know i just look at david in those examples and i'm just inspired and then even in second samuel 22 35 to 36 david writes he trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze you have given me the shield of your salvation and your gentleness made me great so he acknowledges what made him great was the Lord's gentleness. Yeah. So I think we need to remember that the way to greatness as men and as women, as believers, is through gentleness. Yeah. It doesn't mean we can't fight because we all clearly see here that he did fight. You know, he led many men in battle and he killed many people in battle. But he did that with the gentleness of the Lord. Which is weird, if you say it like that. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's a uh, that's awesome. So, in terms of like the king aspect, this is probably you know maybe a little random, but I was watching Thor Ragnarok the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, the the dude uh, Thor's dad, Odin, right? Yeah, Odin. So he had the daughter who was you know a, a, a ruthless killer lady, and Odin pretty much put her in prison because she was too hardcore. She was too intense. She wanted to conquer the whole universe and all the stuff, crazy stuff. So yeah, she was weird. Yeah. So yeah, you remember. Yeah. So he decided that he wanted to be more of a just benevolent, gentle leader of the nine realms. And the daughter, Hela or whatever, Ella, whatever her name was, didn't like that. She wasn't feeling that. Oh no. Yeah. And he became gentle. He brought like peace to all these realms that he was pretty much having conquest over. He changed. And the nine realms started to flourish because of that. He stopped trying to like take over and like just just dominate everybody. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I mean this is a silly example through Thor, but like the gentleness paid off in the end. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think that's a great example actually. I didn't even think about Odin, but now you're right. Now that I'm thinking about the movie, it definitely was like a more gentle king mm-hmm. who cared about his, you know, he cared about everyone in this kingdom and he knew that was his duty to protect his kingdom and to make them feel cared about and protected, you know, like that's a part of it, making them feel safe. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And gentleness for sure has a way of making you feel safe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like just it, with, you know, your mom is gentle towards you. It, it, it kind of fosters the, helps create a sense of safety and, you know, security. Yeah. Like if, just imagine if your mom was super hardcore all the time, would you feel safe? Would you want to tell her stuff? You know? Yeah. Maybe not. No. You know? No. And so I think dads might try being a little more gentle with their kids too. 
and especially their sons, you know, because the man, the man, all oh, we're supposed to be tough and all that, but still got to be gentle to your sons, you know? Yeah. And know, and let them know that they can, they can come to you with stuff, you know, you're not going to yeah. judge them. You're going to, you know, whatever they tell you, you're going to take a soft understanding approach initially. It just depends on what they're saying and what they're doing, but yeah. you know, being relaxed and gentle with your kids. I, I'm not, I'm going back to the kids thing, but no, it's good. But it's a good point. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know if you have another example, um, but I can say my example right quick. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So my example of, um, of gentleness in the Bible is, um, when the adulteress was caught in the act. Yeah. Um, so that right there, that was the, the, the epitome of gentleness. Like this lady, to me anyway, like, so where are we at? We're at uh, John 8, 10 through 11, just this one little passage, and then I'll kind of give the backstory. So Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she says, no one, sir. And then Jesus says, then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. So before that, I mean, we know she got called in the act. They drag her out to the street and they're like, all right, Jesus, this is it. You know, this lady was called in the act. And, you know, traditionally we stone women that are adulterers, that are caught in the act of adultery. Yep. And what do you say to this, Jesus? You know, and so we know that he takes a second, he starts writing in the dirt and all that. And then, you know, he tells them, the, you know, those, the one or those without sin cast the first stone. So everyone starts to leave and all that. But that right there, it's like the lady was caught in sin. Like what? She's caught in sin. How can yeah. get out of this? This is condemnable. Like she, she needs to be punished. Like this is, how can you turn the other cheek, so to speak, on this one? That's what they're trying to get at to Jesus. Like how you, yeah. and he he won. He pulls like some reverse, you know, psychology action on him. All right, you, do you are, are you without sin? <laughs> are you without? You go ahead, okay. Throw it if you go ahead and throw it. You know, it's just like, and then he, he's the only one that could have technically stoned her, and he didn't. Right, Jesus. That's his last one qualified to stone her, qualified so to speak. You know, and yeah, do it. He was soft. He was gentle. He was forgiving he was um just he just gave her another chance yeah and it wasn't like you know he didn't like uh you know tear her down oh you need to stop sinning you just tripping you out there just no not that he told her to stop sinning but it was calm yeah you know it's just i don't know that that that's a good one like that story always gets me though because i'm like so where was the man Right. <laughs> Why did they bring the man? Right. It almost like it's almost like they 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 knew, or they staged her. Like they staged it, you know. Like they set her up. Yeah. Like oh, you gonna go sleep with her? We're gonna catch you guys in the act. We're gonna pull her out to drag her out to Jesus and catch Jesus, and you know, get them all at one time. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like you guys are just Seriously. evil. <laughs> yeah. It's like. I mean, what happens? This is kind of a side random, but like, what happens to the dude? That's in- yeah, like he just got off scotch free. That he seems like a double. Done. It was definitely. I feel like it was a setup, though. It probably was a setup, man. It might have been. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because they do all kinds of stuff to try to get Jesus. Right, they sure did. They were messed up, man. 
Jesus is actually my second example. I didn't have any specific stories about him. I mean, well, I guess I could talk about how he was flipping the tables in the temple. You know, he was very meek. He was a meek character, but yet he also was firm. And I also, I just wanted to point out the fact that his firmness was always geared towards things that would cause others to stumble and things that were ultimately against his father. Um, he used his authority and his power in the correct ways. Yeah. So he was always harsh against the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were using the law for their own benefit or using, you know, the temple to make a profit when he flipped the tables over. Mm-hmm. Things like that, you know. Yet at the same time, he always made time for the children. You know, he always pointed out sin, but he did it in the way, like you said, with the woman caught in adultery, in a way that invited them to live a new life. Yeah. Just like when he was at the woman at the well with the woman at the well and he told her about everything she's done. She's like, Yeah, no, you're you're not married. In fact, the man you live with now is not even your husband. But he invited her to drink of the internal well so she would never thirst again. And like that to me was just like amazing as well. It's just like, man, Jesus was he was serious about sin. You know, he took those things very serious. Mm-hmm. But he was also very serious about inviting people to a new way of life, inviting them to, you know, be in a relationship with him and being reunited with God. And I always found that so inspiring. Yeah, man. Gentle yet firm. Christ. Gentle yet firm. Yeah, that's it, man. That's that's how you lead. That's a lead. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of my dad. My dad is like that. He he's an introverted guy. He he kind of keeps himself a lot of times. But when it comes to leadership, he's a kind of a he has a calm confidence, like a calm and quiet type of confidence. And mm-hmm. When he does a dress up that needs to be addressed, it's always well thought out. It's always calm. Like there's no yelling or anything like that. And he's always clear. And why he's saying it. Yeah, that, that just kind of reminded me of my dad. Yeah. We need more of that, you know? Like, there's no point of us yelling and flipping off the rails when, <laughs> when things go wrong. Because I don't think it's going to get us very far. No, it won't, man. I kind of want to, because I, I know I've been saying recently I've been com- becoming more gentle. So I kind of want to give the backstory of how that happened. Yeah. Um, so, I mean... I, well, you know this, but the people who are listening won't know. I became a police officer. I joined the uh, police force in Arlington, Texas in February of uh, 2018. So it's been just over a year. And uh, so the police academy was one of those, it's kind of like boot camp. You know, it kind of tears you down and kind of reframes your way of thinking, the way of seeing the world, seeing people. And it just kind of changes everything about your life. Yeah. So... I expected in this process that I was going to become more hardcore, more hardened, more uh, just, you know, unpleasant, pretty much. <laughs> but I wasn't worried about that. You said not at all. <laughs> you weren't worried about that? No, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sure you were worried. But uh, yeah, so, but the actual 
the opposite happened. So over time, throughout the academy, it was eight months. I, uh, you know, I became softer. Actually, it was weird. And then when I got in field training, field training for four months, you pretty much have a a senior officer with you, you know, all the time training you and stuff. And you know, you got to see life. You got to see the lowest moments in people's lives and the worst possible situations. Yeah. And um, it just, I don't know. It, it just made me more appreciative of life. It made me uh, take Jesus more seriously. Uh, take mm. it, it made me take family and friends more seriously. And it made me a nicer, softer person, which is the opposite of what you would think would happen. What would happen? It's very, yeah, very opposite effect. <laughs> and so I've been by myself. I've been cut loose. They call it cut loose. So I've been an officer by myself since February of this year, 2019. And um, I'm even more gentle. It's like whenever I arrest people, I mm-hmm. try to treat people how I would treat my mom. Yeah. I know it sounds weird, but if I was arresting my mom, how would I arrest my mom? Or yeah. if arresting my granddad, if it's a male, how would I arrest my elderly granddad who I love and respect? Yeah. You know, even though this person may have punched their wife in the face or stole whatever, I still try to explain stuff to these people because technically you don't have to tell them why you're arresting them because you know they broke the law. You don't have to explain anything, but I always mm-hmm. explain stuff. I always use a calm, low, low volume, calm. Mm-hmm. I don't yell. You know, I don't grab people up if I don't have to. I don't be, you know, I'm not rough. And I, you know, I just, I just take it easy. And multiple people, I've taken them to the jail. Multiple people have told me, say, hey, man, I really appreciate you being a really nice police officer. Like, I, you know, you, you're so nice. I really appreciate that. And so mm-hmm. I'm taking you to jail and you're thanking me for being. <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, you know that's weird. It is, yeah. Weird, but it's like that love of Christ, like the gentleness yeah. that kind of breaks through, and it should break through every area of life. I mean, there's no, yeah. there's no need to be a mad, rough police officer. The job's already risky and 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 negative potentially as is. So you yeah. be chill and be calm and gentle with people. Yeah, and those people are not in the best situation already. It's like. You know, they're already feeling crummy half the time, I bet. So I think it's better to humanize them, you know, mm-hmm. to make them feel like they're human because they are at the end of the day. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, man. Happy that there's there's good cops out there. We all know that. But oh, yeah, <laughs> thanks for being one of them. Yeah, sure. No problem, man. Anytime. Well, anytime for the next 20 years. And then after that, you know. <laughs> I mean, you never know. what Something might happen. You might decide to do sooner. Yeah. I, I actually, you know, hopefully I'll become a millionaire or something. Uh, me too man yeah <laughs> um so i want to go on to kind of discuss examples of gentleness in the life of a believer we kind of talked about some but um i have some more you know specific ones i wrote down mm-hmm. um one of them for me would be like responding with humility versus hostility and conflict yeah you know it's easy i think for us in being wronged or in the middle of you know a tough situation to just respond with anger Mm -hmm. but i think it takes a lot of self-control to respond with gentleness and kindness you know and 
I think that that will yield you a better result. It might throw the person off because they might be ready to fight you, you know, but yeah. it's like, yo, why are they being so nice to me? Why are they so gentle? Like, I literally just cut you off. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I think, I don't, I don't know. I think that there's something about that. Like, I get so upset when people get hurt behind the behind driving over the most petty things. I know this is random. It's kind of off topic, but, you know, I live in the D.C. area. And people just have road rage for no reason at times. Like, I've had people get out of their car and point at me like they have a gun because they almost wrote me off the road. I'm just trying to pass you. And you get mad at me for you driving me off the road. And I'm just sitting there like, okay, what is this guy going to do? You know, he gets out of his car and he basically threatens me with his hands. Like, yeah, I know what he's going to do. You know, I put my car in reverse. Like, okay, this man's about to shoot me. He gets out and he has nothing in his hand. I'm like, all right, this man's crazy. But like, you know, I think what would, if I could have done something differently in that circumstance, you know, once he got out of the car, maybe it's not wise of me to get out of the car and be like, sir, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know why you were turning on me on the road, but I, did you not see me? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If people would just respond in heated moments like that with a different attitude, it might make a difference. It might not be wise. I don't know. You can tell me you're the cop. You might know better. <laughs> but I don't know. I just think that I just that's probably a really extreme example. But I just wish that we would practice this more, um, even outside of the Christian community, of just responding differently, maybe putting yourself in the other person's shoes. Mm-hmm. Maybe they had a bad day. Maybe they're driving to an emergency. Maybe, you know what I mean? Anything could have happened. Right. And I think our response could make the difference in how things turn out at times. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you told me about that story initially, I thought that it was insane. And it, like, why would they Why would yeah. they do all that? <laughs> so one thing I do is when stuff like that happens to me, I try to think about the future of the situation so what's going to happen after this like what what could this situation lead to yeah and how should i respond in preparation for that potential outcome so the dude he gets out of his he runs you off the road almost right yeah and then he gets mad at you it gets out so you're at the stoplight right yeah yeah I'm kind of far from him, though. I'm, like, maybe 20 feet because I was like, I don't know what this dude's going to do. Right. I put the car in reverse. I was like, I'm not crazy. I'm not going to just <laughs> – you know what I mean? <laughs> I, yeah, and I think initially I told you some pretty hardcore advice. I said – I think I said if he got out with an actual gun, you're totally fair game to run him over. I, yeah, I've been told that by multiple people. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know, we're on a Christian podcast, but, hey, if someone's <laughs> pointing a gun at you, that's fair game, Okay. As a police officer, it's fair game to run them down. But um, try not. You can avoid it and drive away. Then, yeah, do that. But if he starts shooting at you, go ahead and run him down. But anyways, you might want to cut that part out. But anyways, um, <laughs> so like, what is the, the outcome of the situation? And do I need to be hardcore in this moment? Yeah. Or can I afford to take a few seconds to think about it first and take a calmer approach to this situation so that's what i try to do especially on the job like i remember one time uh, i think i told you about this christian i was issuing this citation because she caused the accident and her grandson showed up oh oh this is a great story <laughs> yeah so 
you know, I'm talking to the lady. I'm saying, okay, ma'am, you're going to be issued a causative factor citation um, for the accident. You ran the red light. You're receiving a citation for running the red light. And the grandson and the other people of her family are near her, and they're all huddled around because they were tripping because they thought she got hurt and all that stuff, but she was fine. And so I move the, the little cell phone sign thing over so she can sign it. And the grandson, he grabbed my sign thing and moved it out of the way. And he was like, nah, she ain't signing nothing. <laughs> so in that, right after he did that, I had a, uh, a moment of, I lost my cool for a second, <laughs> for more than a second, actually. So <laughs> he moved it and I immediately shoved him. And like he moved back maybe five feet or so. And then he started yelling and I started yelling. And then my backup officer came over and had to break up the, it wasn't a fight, but had to like get in between us. And in my mind, I'm like, what are you doing? You're interfering. And actually what he did was illegal. It's called interference with public duties. It's a class mm-hmm. B misdemeanor. And um, you can go to jail for that. So, cause he's don't do that. people. With, yeah. He's interfering with my duty to give this lady a citation because she caused an accident. So mm-hmm. in that moment, I was not gentle at all. And I didn't think I was wrong for my, what I did because he's trying to, he stopped me from trying to do my job. Yeah. He's yeah. going to get out of the way. And so I guess the point I'm trying to make is there's sometimes when gentleness is the right approach, you can take your time and be calm and all that. But sometimes you got to be straight up and cutthroat. And my crazy advice to you was, you know, if run him over, he pulled a gun out on you. What are you going to do? Be gentle and get out and say, oh, sir, I know you're pointing a gun at me, but I would like to talk this out. No, there, no. <laughs> there are moments that you can't talk it out. And there's moments yeah. where you can't be as gentle as you may want to be because of the circumstance. And yeah. Jesus did that, too. He was flipping over tables, literally flipping tables. Okay. Not very gentle. Yeah. Not very subtle. So I think... That kind of those stories are kind of around about point of gentleness when you can at, at all costs. But if you can't, you know, you have to uphold the, the truth and, 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 and not just let stuff happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think there's a righteous, there's a, a righteous anger that Christians can have. So I think, you know, if it's for a good cause, mm-hmm. then yeah, I think they're, the response sometimes is, no, I'm not going to just sit back and not and let you just do this, you know? Yeah. So I think there is a time for that. Um, I think ultimately that within gentleness, the realm of gentleness, it's always in us because it's a fruit. But I think mm-hmm. there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. You know, so I, I agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another um, way that I, I thought the weekend as believers display gentleness is when a brother or sister is caught in sin. Mm-hmm. Um, Galatians six, um, one and two say brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watching yourself. Lest you too be tempted, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're called to, restore our brothers who, call, who are caught in the transgression in the spirit of gentleness 
were also warned, you know, just to not fall into the same sin. And I think the invitation that is given in second, the second chapter of bearing each other's burden is, it can be an example of gentleness because, you know, who thinks of, uh, you know, it's your mess. You make it, you clean it up, you know? Yeah. But I think a true friend or a true brother in Christ would want to be there with you and say, hey, yeah, yeah, this may be your mess, but let me be there to help carry this load with you. Yeah. Or carry this burden with you. Sorry, burden. Um, burden with you. Um, because it does go on later on in the same chapter to talk about for each will have to bear his own load. And when I read that, I was like, that's a contradiction. How is it possible for you to have someone bear have bear someone's burden, but yet they have to bear their own load? And then when I thought about it, it's like, well, that makes sense, actually, because if you have kids, right, mm-hmm. and your car breaks down, actually, this is an example from my commentary. If you have kids and your car breaks down and you call me, hey, Christian, hey, my car broke down, broke down, I need to get the kids to school, and I come and help you, I'm helping to bear your burden at that point. Right. However the kids are still your responsibility. <laughs> so that's a part of your load. You know, I'm a, I'll get you to where you got to go. Yeah. But once I drop you off, those kids are still yours, right? Right, right, right. right. So that's the example they gave. And I was like, wow, that makes so much sense. So there are things that we help people along with, but certain parts of their lives, we cannot take responsibility for. And I was like, man, that makes sense. That's so amazing. Yeah, awesome. And all this is in a spirit of gentleness, you know? So, yeah, I thought that was cool. I just read that last night. <laughs> oh, really clutch. Well, I have one more thing. So, I believe that also we can show gentleness in how we wage spiritual war. Oftentimes, kind of like I was talking about earlier, we think that the resolution in most of our common, I mean, in our everyday lives is, you know, fight fire with fire, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, we're told that we have a, there's, we live in a spiritual world. Like we don't wrestle against flesh and blood and we have real enemy. We don't fight with violence. We fight with prayer and praise and worship. You know, there are times where we have to address things in the physical realm, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of things that happen in the physical are also reflective of things that are happening in the spiritual. So I think that we should always address any conflict in life with prayer and with, um, uh, a heart of worship towards God and seeking reconciliation or seeking a resolution. Yeah. There is a time for war and when we must fight in battle, we have to show up and fight, but we must also remember that most of the battles that we face as believers, at least don't require fist and knives. You know, we must win these battles with the Lord's strength in his way because our ultimate goal as believers is to point them to Christ through our action or unbelievers to Christ through our actions. Yeah. That is for me, the baseline of gentleness It's like waging war. Yes. Doing it the way that people say to do it. No, you know, as a believer raging war against your enemy doesn't look like suing your neighbor because you know, they stole something off your porch. Mm-hmm. Like that's what the world would do. Like they, yeah, they might sue me, if I did that, but I'm a Christian, so therefore I'm not going to sue you. I'm going to approach you and I'm going to discuss it with you. Say, hey, what's going on? Do you need help with anything? I'm going to respond in gentleness, hoping that it will open up conversation. It will open up deeper, you know, a deeper understanding of what's going on in your life so that I can share Christ. Yeah. 
So I think that, you know, we should look at every moment of conflict as an opportunity to respond in gentleness and when appropriate, like we talked about earlier, <laughs> yeah, when appropriate as an opportunity to share the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like sometimes, you know, negative, negative things last longer in people's minds. Yeah. Negative news lasts longer. If someone, I don't know, calls you stupid, you'll think about it for way longer than if they think that your shoes are nice or something. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to, like you were saying, you, you don't want to come at people with this kind of short-sighted, mean way of dealing with problems. Yeah, no. You know, you gotta, you, you, you have to be gentle as, as, as most as you can. Because when you handle that situation like Christ would have handled it, calm and, and with, you know, truth, but also gentle, then, yeah, like you're saying, it, it's going to open up a door for them to be like, oh, he was really calm and nice about that. I wonder why. And then and then yeah. and just you can move in with the gospel and just just show them the love of, of Christ because you you left that door open because you didn't yeah. burn them with your 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 cuss words and in your you know blunt talk you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so true true yeah man that makes me think of this scripture i don't know where it is but to season your speech with salt so you know we should always be very careful of what we say and how we say things i always pray that when i like have to have a hard conversation with people i'm like god just help me to season my speech with salt because i know how i am like i'm not like in your face but if i'm upset about something i can be pretty harsh so i just i always have to pray that when yeah. it comes to certain things plus not everything huh thought on it and uh some lemon pepper so yeah easy to salt. easy to take. <laughs> exactly put a little bit of mumble sauce on there for my dmv people yeah. maybe you know but yeah um all right cool well i have one last question Okay. So, how have you been able to display gentleness recently? Well, uh, I guess I keep going back to policing because, I mean, that's where I'm able to display gentleness the most yeah. on a daily basis. So, I was on this call where this, this 20-year-old woman was pretty much loitering in this pizza place. She goes to this place and sleeps because her, her mom doesn't want her in the house during the day and all this other drama so i get there talk to the manager they're like yeah she's a nice girl we just can't have her sleeping in here and uh we want her out but i'm concerned about her you know i don't want to do a criminal trespass or anything but i just we just want her to leave i was like okay so i go over there talk to the lady she tells me the whole sob story and then um <laughs> i run her name and she had a felony warrant for abuse of credit card um in a uh, local city a nearby city so it's very rare that you come across people with felony warrants. Most of the time it's just misdemeanor, traffic offenses, stuff like that. So mm -hmm. it's a pretty big deal. And, um, it, you know, it's a, it's a felony. And so when I found out, you know, initially before that, she was really nice, calm, easygoing lady. You know, she didn't, she wasn't mad. She wasn't, she was just chill. And so I was extremely gentle with her because I knew that she was cool. She was level-headed. And she just got mixed up with some bad stuff, with some bad people with yeah. a credit card that wasn't hers. Yeah. It was a dumb choice, but 
I'm not going to sit here and, and be a jerk face to her. So I told her, I was very transparent with her. I said, Hey, do you have any warrants or asked her, do you have any warrants? She said, yeah, you know, detective called me the other day, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, well, here's the thing. I'm going to be square with you. I, I, if if it, if it was a misdemeanor, I would have let you, you know, let you go, but it's a felony. So I can't, you know, I can't just, I can't let it go. And I never say that to people because it's, it's almost as if I'm like barred them and I try not to like let people feel like I'm bartering. But for her, I was like, yeah, yeah. I want her to feel like she matters and that I care about her situation. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, just trying to, you know, be as nice as I could. So I ended up taking her to jail for that. We handcuffed her real soft and gently, put her in the car gently and took her down there gently. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, it was. This is one of those things where you have to uphold the law, but there's no need to be aggressive or over the top. Yeah, absolutely. So, being able to sympathize with her, basically. Yeah, like that. I, I, I don't want you to be in this situation, but I, I'm going to respect you still as a human. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. Thanks, I have an example. Recent for me involves my niece, Callie. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, Callie's five, for those that don't know. And this little girl has so much energy. Like, she is talkative. She's smart. She's very inquisitive. And she's a picky eater, to say the least. (laughs) She was with us maybe two weekends ago or three weekends ago. And she had this pudding on the table. It was just sitting out all day. And I was like, so she's going to waste this pudding? So I get to the point where I'm like, hey, Callie. I told her like maybe 10 times already to finish her pudding. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, Callie, no, go sit at the table and finish your pudding. And she's sitting there. And I, I walk away maybe for 10 minutes. And I come back and she's just staring at it still, like barely eating it. And I'm just like getting frustrated. I'm like, okay. What is going on with this little girl? So I sit there. I'm not going to lie. I did lose my cool for like two seconds. I was just like really stern with her. I wasn't yelling. I was stern. I was like, Callie, you need to eat this pudding. Like, I'm not playing. Like, stop just sitting here looking at it. And she starts tearing up and making the, you know, the the crying face. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Mm-hmm. And I don't usually have much sympathy when she does that. But then this time I was just like, okay, let me let me put myself in her shoes. She's five. One, I don't know what's going on in her mind, too. So I was like, Callie, I said, do you want to eat this pudding? And she looks at me, no. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to let you throw it away this time. I was like, but Callie, you waste a lot of food. Yeah. Let me tell you, there are kids who do not have any food. And we cannot waste food. Like, that's just not acceptable. Like, I understand there are times where we have to throw stuff away. But you pick stuff and you often just don't eat it after you said you wanted it. And that's unacceptable. Yeah. And I, you know, I let her go throw it away and she goes off to the front of the house and she's like, just sitting there crying again. So I'm like, Oh God, was I too harsh? Was I being a bad uncle? So I go back to the front of the steps and I just, I put my arms around Callie. I pick her up and put her on my lap. I'm like, Callie, look, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. Uncle Christian loves you. And I hope you know that. And like, I just want you to learn that what you have is a blessing and you should be grateful for it, you know? And yeah. we just got to be, we got to do better. We can't just waste. 
And then she starts calming down and she like, okay, I love you. I'm like, okay, I love you too, Callie. Like, just get it together. Yeah. I'm not mad at you. I just had to, I had to emphasize that I wasn't mad at her, you know? Yeah. And I think that's where the gentleness came in. It's like, okay, my heart was softer. It was like, okay, put yourself in her position. Realize that she's kid. She doesn't know how to emotion, like process all these things. Be gentle. <laughs> literally, just be, I literally had to tell myself, just be gentle. Mm-hmm. And, like, just the response, the difference in the response was just, like, day and night versus when I was more stern versus when I decided, okay, I got to actually just be understanding and be more gentle with her. And I'm learning that approach to her in everything. Um, okay. You know, there are times where just I get frustrated, like, I'm a human, but then I always remember, okay, no, she's she's literally learning. Like, she's literally learning. Yeah. <laughs> And me being rough is not going to help her learn faster. So that's my good example. Man. Little Callie. That's good. Little Callie. You're such a good dad. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm nervous about that one. <laughs> uh, you, got, you took the gentleness class and you, you, you aced it. Uh, thanks, man. I, I hope so. I hope it was like not a 90, like. Because I tend to be like that person that straddles the line when it comes to A's and B's. So I hope it was like a 97. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was a you know, BC student most of the time. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but you passed. You, you graduated, right? I did graduate. You got that paper. I, I, I got the piece of paper at the end. That's all that matters. Yeah. Well, that basically wraps it up. I don't have anything else to add. Do you have anything like last comments you want to add? The last thing I would like to say is that when in doubt, just be really gentle to the people that you care about, family and friends. Just always take a gentle approach with them first before you, you know, give me other stuff. Always be gentle first, like, you know, with Callie and your mom and your significant other and whoever else, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said earlier, Proverbs 15, when a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Mm-hmm. So approaching anyone, I would say, you know, keep that in mind. If I could leave the last minute, I guess I do have something. A last minute word is just practice using soft language. And to remember that if you're a Christian, that you're not cultivating this on your own, that you have the Holy Spirit who's going to remind you and to prompt you and guide you in this gift and grow it in you. So be encouraged. Uh, last last. So <laughs> okay. Dad, he recently told me these words: "Always make your words sweet and tender, because one day you may have to eat them." Oh, yeah. So I actually, when he told me that, I wrote that down. I was like, "I'm gonna quote this for the rest of my life." <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna have to take that one too. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> so I uh, hope my granddad listens to this and giving him total props right now. So. <laughs> thank you uh granddad appreciate it mm-hmm. all right well thanks uh william for joining i appreciate you bro yeah man no problem uh you already know let me know when you talk about the uh the infinite regress oh my gosh you and this infinite regress i, I will <laughs> yeah for real should make a podcast about that that'd be great <laughs> i got you all right. all right well thank you guys for listening and I hope you guys learned something. And if you want to contribute, feel free to leave a review wherever you're listening, whether it be on iTunes or on, I don't know if you can leave a review on Spotify, but wherever you can, leave a review. 
um, joining in the conversation and join us next episode, which will be on self-control. Peace.